Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to the Peter King Podcast. So happy you can join me for a special NFL schedule podcast. And I'm happy to be joined by uh, Mike North and Ani Bose of the NFL scheduling team. And it's kind of interesting. Tonight, as we record this on May 11, this is the Super Bowl for Mike North and Ani Bose and uh, all the people on the scheduling team. Hans Schroeder, Charlotte Carey, um, you know, Howard Katz, obviously, and everyone inside the NFL who works on this. And it has become, this is, I look back, guys, this is the ninth year that I've done something on the schedule. And I started in 2014 when I came into your uh, Val Pinchbeck scheduling room at the NFL office in Manhattan. And not to gross anybody out, but it kind of smelled in there. And 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 I've told people this. They said, what do you mean it smelled in there? And I said, because these guys have lived in this room for three months. And so anyway, uh, happy you guys could join me and happy you can break down what has become like a weird kind of little Mardi Gras around the NFL that everybody is totally into. And so guys, I want to start by asking in general. Okay. And, and Mike, I'm going to put this one to you. What made the making of this schedule different from every other schedule you made? The two biggest changes for us, Peter, uh, are there's a few more mouths to feed uh, and there's a slightly different bird feed to feed them, if you will. Uh, We've got uh, the new media packages kick in this season. So it's our first year with our new TV deals that includes some extra national television windows. So we've got an extra Amazon game now with the Black Friday game that we announced earlier. We've got an extra couple of Monday night football games where we're doing the side-by-side ESPN and ABC each having a game. We had one of those such weeks last year. There's three of them now. We've got an exclusive game on ESPN Plus for the uh, for the second time. We've got an exclusive game on Peacock for the first time. Um, we've got a lot more mouths to feed. We're doing another triple header on Christmas day, all those games, all that inventory has to come from somewhere. And just by definition, you know, it's really coming out of Sunday afternoons. You mentioned we've been doing this together a long time. The vast majority of our games really did used to be on Sunday afternoon. 
while they still are, there's a lot more of them being pulled out from Sundays. And whether they go to 9.30 a.m. in Europe or somewhere else in the primetime package, we're definitely stressing what's left of the Sunday afternoon packages, making sure we try to make good Sunday 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock windows for CBS and Fox. So one of the things we did in the New Deals was added a little flexibility to that. Um, it used to be that the road team, if it were an AFC team, that game belonged to CBS and road team in the NFC, that game belonged to Fox. So much so that if we wanted to take a game away from them and put it in primetime, it was literally called a takeaway. That was a term. It was in the network TV deals. It was in ownership resolutions. Takeaways was a thing. Uh, that doesn't exist anymore. Every game's a toss-up. Every game's a jump ball. There's still some minimums per you know network partner. Uh, the vast majority of Cowboys games are going to be on Fox. The vast majority of Chiefs games are going to be on CBS. But uh, every game's a toss-up now. And you think about like a five-tool player in baseball. We had some five-tool games this year. You think about a game like Cincinnati-Kansas City. It could have gone to Sunday night football, Monday night football. It could have gone to CBS as a doubleheader, Fox as a doubleheader. Could have gone to Amazon on Thursday night football. Could have been kickoff. Could have been in Germany. That's a lot of <laughs> options for one game. Multiply yeah. that by 272 and an infinite solution space just got exponentially larger. So it took us a little longer to get through it, but the schedules we found were probably better. Ani Bose, let's talk about... Let's just start at the beginning. I think I, the best way to do this is by is in chronological order. Can you please tell me the Detroit Lions are opening the NFL season? You know, it used to be the Detroit Lions were, where are we going to hide the Lions every year? And now you got the Detroit Lions in the mega game on Thursday night to open the season. What went into that decision? What were the alternatives? Pretty cool, right? I think it's the smiles on the faces here. It's not something that I think we would have thought about not that long ago. And like you said, Peter, you know, for a long time, the country always sees the Lions on Thanksgiving and they get a massive number it. because it's appointed, <laughs> appointment viewing. But, you know, we we really talked about this quite a bit. And, you know, the last memory this country has of the Lions is them going into Lambeau Field in game 272, the last game of the season. And they knew going into that game that they were not going to make the playoffs. But they went in there and they they beat the Green Bay Packers and prevented the Packers and Aaron Rodgers from making in the playoffs. And that was, I think, winning their eighth out of their last nine or ten games of the season. And that's great momentum. And, you know, the culture and the energy that was being built up in that team and around that team is something that really resonated for us. And the opportunity to put them into that kickoff game is something that we were very open-minded to, but as you know, from the time you spent with us, kickoff is one of those first decisions we made. And, you know, with the Kansas city chiefs as the super bowl champions, we knew that, you know, there's going to be a, a certain extra level of attention and interest in that game. Every game that the chiefs are on national television or regional television, get, regionalized games gets a lot of attention. So, we had an opportunity to really look, and the Chiefs have great home opponents this year. We could have done the Super yeah. Bowl rematch. We could have had Cincinnati, the championship game rematch. We could have had Buffalo with some of the great games they've played. But we we were very open-minded. I think one of the things Mike talked about the process, and, and credit to Mike in particular, we gave ourselves a lot of flexibility to rather than just pick a game or two games and let the computer decide – we said, let's let the computer look at a bunch of different options because we would have been very comfortable maybe seeing the Chargers or the Raiders in that game. And Detroit was absolutely in that mix. And the more we started seeing schedules we liked with the lines in that game, 
we really love what that represented, right? It's the Super Bowl champs and it's this up and coming team that really captured a lot of attention. We're excited for what that game can be and what that can represent to kick off our season. So I I was fascinated on the sort of the way you divided the games in week one, because forever, look, I work at NBC. I said, man, I bet you a hundred bucks Aaron Rodgers plays his first game on Sunday night football, but you didn't do that. You gave Aaron Rodgers uh, and the Buffalo Bills to Monday night, and you gave a game, the Giants and Dallas, which might, might get a better number than the Monday night game to Sunday night football. Tell me about Mike North. Tell me about that decision and what went into it. Like Ani said, there was uh, maybe more open-mindedness in week one than we normally, you know, apply to this process. Literally any of the, you know, Kansas City home games could have been kickoff. So if you're going right. to leave that open, then what are the other games that you have? Remember week one's got what we call the double-double header. CBS and Fox yeah. have two games, one o'clock and four o'clock games in every market. So the fans are getting four games on Sunday afternoon. And what we're trying to do is balance those two late windows for CBS and Fox. If you take Kansas City out of the mix, which obviously you were going to do for kickoff, your other two probably most likely to generate the highest viewership games were going to be the Dallas Cowboys, because they always do, and Aaron Rodgers' first game with the Jets. If you were to put either of those games on Sunday afternoon for CBS or Fox, you're probably going to have a tough time balancing you know, the 425 window for the other guy. So we thought pretty early in the process, Kansas City for Thursday night, Dallas and the Jets for Sunday night and Monday night. But let's leave ourselves some options. Let's be open-minded. We looked at a few different options for the Jets on Sunday night. We talked about uh, Eagles-Jets would have been pretty interesting. We looked at, I think, Jets-Dolphins for the first Sunday night game of the year. Um, and for Dallas, if they had gone to Monday night, they could have played the Dolphins. They could have played the Giants. They could have played really anybody, right? Dallas Cowboys on Monday night football on week one would have been a great opportunity for ESPN. But what we really got comfortable was, like you said, Cowboys Giants Sunday night of week one feels like something we've done in the past. It's almost like dipping into our, uh, uh previously worn footsteps. Uh, that's a game we've done a lot. And, and you're right, Peter, it's probably going to do maybe the best viewership of the weekend. Um, and then what that lets you do is put the Jets on Monday night and le that lets ESPN and the whole promotional machine, starting with the talk shows in the morning and ESPN radio and the website and ESPN plus and everything else they bring to the table. They get to spend that whole day talking about Aaron Rodgers and his first game at the Jets. Let's see how he did in the preseason. Let's see if he even played in the preseason sort of clears the runway for everybody to get ready for Aaron Rodgers first game as a Jet. And you know what's interesting, Mike, when I first heard that ESPN had that, I shook my head and I said, man, that game ought to be on Sunday night. Mm -hmm. But listening to your explanation, I buy it. I totally buy it because you cannot buy the promotion. And look, maybe ESPN would have been talking about whatever the Monday night game was. I get it. But Aaron Rodgers, a jet for 12 hours or 13 hours of nothing but talk on ESPN, it's incredibly logical to me. So I think now that I see and understand why, I get it. And I actually think it's a very good call. 
let's get to a couple of other things that to me are kind of fascinating. No one's that surprised about the Jets having essentially six primetime games. Look, it's going to be five primetime games plus the Black Friday game. Uh, But the Jets in week one, Buffalo Monday night. Week four, Kansas City Sunday night. Week nine, Chargers Monday night. Week 10, Vegas Sunday night. Week 12, Miami, Friday afternoon, uh, late afternoon uh, on Amazon for the Black Friday game. And then week 17, Cleveland on Thursday night. Explain the philosophy about what you did with the Jets and how did you arrive at the decision? Look, I think from the beginning, you know, we've gone through the quarterback um uncertainty machine for several times over the last 10 plus years with Peyton Manning's free agency tour, Tom Brady's 40 day retirement, even last year, where's Aaron Rodgers going to go. Fortunately for us, we had a pretty strong sense that he was going to the jets. He then told us he was going to go to the jets and then the teams finally made that trade before the draft. So we had a lot of time to think about that. Um, You know, a couple things in play one, you know, we are a market driven and, you know, traditional team driven viewership league, but we're also a star driven league. And obviously Aaron Rodgers is one of our top stars, top quarterbacks. So wherever he went was going to get a lot of attention and a lot of prime time, throw in the New York market and a fan base with the Jets that is so craving um, kind of, you know, that opportunity and that exposure, those pieces combined along with the fact, you know, perhaps similarly to Tampa Bay, you know, Tom Brady joining a roster that was ready to win. The Jets were right there last year, right? You know, they, they had a great run. They, they faded a bit, but you know, you feel pretty good about add Aaron Rodgers to that mix and, and they're going to have some success. Certainly it's what we're expecting and counting on. And, and they've got great opponents within their division, you know, the, the AFC East, the kind of the competitiveness and the relevance and the quarterbacks is great. Every one of those division games is going to matter. So with that mix and playing the Eagles and the Cowboys and the Chiefs, it, it was a very natural process to get to, they're going to get a lot of exposure. It was just a matter of some of those are going to fall into those primetime games you listed, but some of those are going to fall into big doubleheader windows as well. It was, it was really, you know, once that came into shape that Aaron Rodgers is going to go to that team, no surprise on our part that they were going to get that kind of exposure. When you did this schedule, Mike North, tell me what, because as I look at this schedule, there's a couple of teams I want to ask you about. One is the New York Giants. So when you look at the schedule of the New York Giants, that is one schedule that a team might howl about. Because they play at home on Sunday night in week one against Dallas. And then in the next nine weeks, they are on the road seven times. So explain how that happened. Yeah, look, the first thing you need to think about when you look at that giant schedule is, you know, two of those road games are a paired trip out west as requested. The team was looking to go out west. They've got three long trips this year between Arizona, San Fran, and Vegas. And they actually reached out to us and said, hey, look, instead of making that trip three times, we'd like to make it twice. So can we go out, pair up two of those trips? We'll go and we'll stay. 
we actually reached back out to Mr. Marin and said, tell you what, if we were able to do that, would you consider shortening your stay out West and play in the second game, the back end game of a two game road trip like that on a Thursday night? And Mr. Marin said, if you can thread that needle and you can have us in Arizona first, We'll stay in Tempe and we'll train, and then we'll go play a short week game either in San Francisco or Las Vegas. We would be willing to do that. And so it was one of the keys for us to the Amazon schedule. When you think about the Thursday night football schedule, we hardly ever do those three time zone trips on a short week. So that's why you get a lot of the division games, a lot of the usual rivalries, a lot of the close trips on Thursday. Being able to put that giant San Fran game onto Amazon – kind of opened up some doors for us and some appearances for us that really changed the whole complexion of the Thursday night football schedule. So that was a key for us, why this schedule ended up being a winner. Um, So I think you got to look at those two games as really one trip. They also happen to coincide with the Jewish holidays and the Giants don't often like to host games those weeks. So as you look at the first four weeks, two home, two road, that part makes sense. Then if you want to look at it over the next call it, whatever it is, six, seven weeks, yeah, a, a two-game road trip, a two-game homestand, a three-game road trip, a two-game homestand with the bye. It, it looks worse than it is, I think, as you think about the fact that two of those road games are paired together. And as always, you know this better than anybody. Anytime you have a stretch of road games all kind of masked up, that means somewhere else in your schedule you're going to have some home games kind of sequentially and consecutive. And the Giants do end up with two home games at the end and in the sense that they think they're going to be a playoff team and we think they're going to be in playoff contention I'm sure the coach appreciates the two home games late in the season. And the fact that they play three road games after coming back home for one game, was that difficult for you guys? The fact that they go two road, even though it's the same trip, one home on Monday night, and then back on for three roads. They they go back for two roads after that when It's two roads home, two roads. Then they come home for a pair. Then that three-game road trip. And look, we looked at that three-game road trip. They no, you know, let me – isn't it isn't it at Arizona, at San Francisco, then Seattle home Monday night, and then at Miami, at Buffalo, at Washington? Am I wrong? No, that Washington game's at home. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Sorry. That's okay. But the three-game road trip is worth talking about because it does finish with at Washington. So that three-game road trip at Vegas, at Dallas, at Washington – Look, at Vegas, at Dallas isn't easy. No two ways around it. But that two-game road trip, that happens all the time in this league. So you think about what do we do next. For that third game following at Vegas, at Dallas, you know, we could have gotten them home. But, you know, maybe they were coming home with a tougher opponent as opposed to going on the road, a short trip to a team that didn't make the playoffs last year. Ernie Accorsi, the former Giants executive, when he, you know, taught us his philosophy on scheduling when he was a consultant, he always told us it's who it's play, who you play, not where. So to the extent that it's a three-game road trip, yeah, not easy. There's no way Mr. Mara said thank you so much for that. Um, but, you know, in the sense that the third game of the three-game road trip is an opponent that didn't make the playoffs last year, uh, a close trip, and, and one they're familiar with, uh, hopefully that's not going to be too onerous for them by the time they get there. Okay. One of the things that's interesting about the schedule and I think this has something to do with what you talked about with the fact that CBS and Fox don't necessarily own the road team's rights to own, you know, who which network has the game. All six, if I'm not mistaken, all six teams on Thanksgiving are NFC teams. 
which is a bit of a surprise because as we look at the NFL right now, we look at the power as being with the AFC, particularly with the AFC quarterbacks. And yet you have Green Bay Dallas as the first game. Green Bay Detroit, rather, is the first game. Washington Dallas, second game. San Francisco Seattle, the Sunday night game on NBC. Ani Bowes, how did you arrive at the Thanksgiving schedule? It's a good illustration of some of the more additional flexibility we have, right? You know, there was a time when, you know, for when CBS had Dallas, you know, we alternate the the Dallas and Detroit games between CBS and Fox every year. You really would have been restricted to kind of the, the AFC teams visiting Dallas, but we're not beholden to that anymore. We've had cross flex in previous years, but you're reluctant to use them. And so, you know, we always look at Thanksgiving, particularly the Detroit and the Dallas games that are, you know, very traditionally viewed. And they're always kind of generally in the top five most viewed games of the year. And so there's there's a bit of a conversation. You know, last year we put the Giants into Dallas and back in May we were worried, you know, how is that game going to hold up? How are the how are the Giants going to be? Turned out the Giants were competitive and that game was the most viewed regular season game of all time. So you captured kind of that full scale of that audience. But the reality is in, in the, the environment we're in with out of home viewing and the number of people who are together, just about any Dallas game is going to push, you know, high in the 30 millions of viewers. The the, the Detroit game is going to push 28 plus million viewers. So we were able to be a little more open minded to it. You know, we were able to bring a traditional rivalry with Washington into Dallas, even though that game's on CBS. You know, we very often in Detroit end up with um, NFC North matchups and we felt like Green Bay was a good fit in there. And then, you know, the the night game on NBC, we can be pretty flexible. We can be pretty open-minded, but I think, you know, particularly maybe reinforced coming off the draft where the narrative is the Seahawks, you know, had a good roster and kind of are building that up. We felt really good about that Niners Seahawks game. And, you know, to some degree, you know, maybe coincidence more than anything else that it happens to be all NFC teams, but each building block we looked at individually felt good about them. You know, Mike's been talking about, you know, it's all division games on Thanksgiving. And then on black Friday, you've got the AFC Miami jets and a good traditional AFC East rivalry. We've got four division games being played across those two days. And a little wrinkle, Pete, you might've noticed uh, green Bay, Detroit playing on Thanksgiving. That's obviously a, a short week, a Thursday, the other end of that division series, Detroit green Bay at Lambeau is up earlier in the season. Also on a Thursday on the Amazon package, we're pretty sure it's the first time both ends of a division series have been played on Thursday. Wow. And obviously Detroit being sort of a little bit of a hot team in the off season, you're giving them a little bit more run, obviously, than you normally would. Normally, it was just, you know, the 12.30 or 1 o'clock game on Thanksgiving. All right, Lions, you're out of here. But now you actually value the Lions as a, as a you know, as a contender. I mean, I sit here, as we sit here right now on May 11, I think they're going to win the division. But, I mean, who knows? Let's, Mike, let's get to... For the first time this year, there are four teams that are not on in prime time. You've got Atlanta, Arizona, Houston, Indianapolis that do not have, as of now, a prime time game. Tell me about that decision-making process. And what is that call like to make to Arthur Blank of the Atlanta Falcons, 
who's excited about his team. And you have to call him and say, you have zero primetime games out of 17. Yeah, that that rule that every team must appear in primetime, that's that's a remnant of a bygone era. That rule hasn't been in place for a while. Uh, just by virtue, though, of the Thursday night package, when you couldn't have more teams playing multiple short weeks, we had to use everybody just to fill out the Thursday night package, whether it was on Amazon or CBS and Fox or even back when it was on NFL Network. So almost by default, everybody ended up either with a national window on Thursday night. Sometimes it might have been a 9.30 a.m. London game. Uh, And to your point, there were years where the Lions' only national exposure was on Thanksgiving. What the commissioner has charged us with and and really what he's charged all 32 teams with is you know you you've got to earn this you've got to play your way into prime time you've got to you know have the record have the performance have the you know a compelling product for us to provide to our fans so uh he gave us the opportunity ownership gave us the opportunity when they voted on the new resolution last month to double up a couple of teams maybe here and there on uh, Amazon or or maybe just on Thanksgiving and another one on Amazon like Washington or Detroit or Green Bay are doing this year. Um, and so what that allowed us to do was sort of pull up the quality of the Amazon package. You get a package that has two Pittsburghs, two Chicagos, uh, two Jets. You know Amazon feels pretty good about their schedule right now. And if you're doubling up a couple of teams, that means you're leaving a couple of teams off. But um it's the beauty of this league. None of us know anything as we sit here in May. And to the extent, like you say, that, that Houston or Arizona when Kyler comes back or uh, Indianapolis or any of these teams get hot and get in playoff contention at the end of the year, that's where flexible scheduling kicks in. We've had flexible scheduling for Sundays uh, for almost 15 years now. Uh, we've got flexible scheduling for Mondays now. Uh, we've got the TBD pool, which, uh, you know, has a few games that could be played on Saturday or Sunday, depending on what's worthy of some national television. So there's always a chance for teams to play their way in. And like we've been talking about, maybe those teams play their way into national television next year. Let's not be surprised if one of those teams ends up being in kickoff in 2024. Yep. We also got the international games with the the Falcons and the Colts for two playing in those. So those are standalone windows, but I think Mike's point is right about it. And you said it, Peter, as of now, it's this flexible scheduling is that opportunity. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Um, Ani, the one thing when I looked at the schedule and we discussed it briefly, 
that I don't think anybody knew was coming was the December 23rd game. Okay, so think of, you know, everybody needs to think of Christmas weekend. Okay, on Christmas weekend, there are games on Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And on that particular weekend, Saturday has a fascinating look to it because if you think about it, usually on Christmas weekend, when Christmas is involved, you always have to be, you know, a little bit respectful of the Christmas Eve night game, obviously. And you got to be respectful of the teams on Christmas. But what I don't think Certainly, I didn't know, even though I work for NBC. You've got an NBC game on Saturday late afternoon, Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. And then on Saturday night, December 23, you've got Buffalo and the Chargers as a night game on Saturday night on Peacock. Ani Bose, explain why. Sure. Um, as part of these new media deals that Mike described, you know, we've got as part of the NBC deal was exclusive game on Peacock in the regular season. We had the flexibility of what window that could fall in. And this particular year with Christmas falling on a Monday, you know, it gave us some interesting flexibility. You know, Peter, as you mentioned, you know, we were always kind of respectful of the holidays. Um, you know, kind of last year, the the Sunday slate moved to Saturday, Christmas Eve, because Christmas played right. on Sunday. But where we have evolved over the last few years is we are playing games on Christmas. It, it started a few, we've, we've done it from time to time, but, you know, last year we had a triple header on the Sunday, Christmas Sunday. This year we've got it on Monday. Um, so, you know, that weekend is full as you described. But one thing we did do, and we've done this over the years through NBC's relationship with us on the Sunday night football package, that Sunday night football game fell, falls on Christmas Eve this year. And we had the option and the ability to move that to Saturday. Very commonly, we would have moved that to Saturday night. But with this Peacock game out there and in this foray, you know, along with the SPN Plus and the Amazon package into streaming, um, we had the opportunity to do something creative. And, and, you know, credit to the discussions between the league and NBC was, okay, we're going to move a Sunday night football game to Saturday. But what happens if we put that at 430 in the afternoon and put that Peacock game in prime time and use kind of the collective assets of the NBC sports family to put a very solid game in there and promote to that Peacock game. And that was an interesting idea to us. We had the opportunity to do it because of the shift, because of Christmas Eve. And, you know, we took advantage of that. And you've got two pretty interesting and, you know, what we think in May are going to be compelling, important games. uh, Was it Cincinnati, Pittsburgh and Buffalo Chargers makes for a really interesting afternoon of football on that start of the holiday weekend on the NBC family of networks. You know, the schedule and the timing and the calendar let us do that. And we felt great about taking that opportunity. All right, guys, we're going to finish by uh, I'm going to give you three just quick things that occurred to me, um, you know, perusing this and thinking about the schedule. So you guys in the past few years, since I've been doing this, you've accommodated papal visits and concert tours and you know, the All Blacks rugby tour um, playing at Soldier Field one year. And I wonder, was there anything this year that made you really have to 
stretch and change your thoughts or your ideas about home and away during the season. Those concert tours are, are back. You know, we were we were lucky. There was nothing good about the pandemic, obviously, except for the fact that all those rock tours uh, had kind of gone on hiatus, which which helped our schedule in 20 and 21. Oh, <laughs> excuse me. They are they are all back. Uh, they're back with a vengeance. Taylor Swift is out there. Beyonce is out there. Pink, Ed Sheeran, uh, Billy Joel. They're, they're all out there again. And and they are all using NFL stadiums. And, and I'll give you a good tidbit here. This was an interesting one. Um, as we were kind of getting our arms around our international games, one of the games we started circling was Baltimore uh, going to London to play against Tennessee. And when the Tennessee game fell into week six, um, Baltimore has a, an Orioles conflict in week four. And, you know, you talk about how the Lions haven't been good for a while. The Orioles haven't been good for a while, but they're frisky right now. And uh, there's an Orioles game in week four. There's a Billy Joel concert in week five. So you want to talk about a three-game road trip. The Ravens are going, you know, road, road, London. And that's a heck of a trip. <laughs> and I called the team and, and the team president talked to the head coach and they said, hey, look, this might happen. Road, road, London. Do we want to take our bye and kind of catch our breath and recover after that? We assured them if we did this, the road games would be close. They're at Cleveland, they're at Pittsburgh, and then they go to London. They come home after that. They had an opportunity to take their bye right there. And even with that three-game road trip, Coach Harbaugh said, we'll we'll take the bye, we'll take a home game and do us a favor and push that bye later in the season. It's a long season. We can handle this three-game road trip, two close ones and a long one. And then we'll take a home game instead of our bye, and we'll push that bye later in the season. So um, when the Ravens fans are, are, are at the Billy Joel concert, uh, they'll know that's why the Ravens were on the road before they ventured out to London. But even then, you know, the Ravens decided we'll take a home game when we come back and we'll play it from there. And please push that by as late as you can. And they ended up with a week 13 bye. Um, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens when they come out of that bye and kind of run to the playoffs if they're still relevant. Did Taylor Swift, uh, did she create some stadium blocks for you? Yeah, she did. I mean, look. To Live Nation's credit, or forgive me, I'm not 100% sure who's their who's their tour, but, uh, you know, they, they do a lot of it in the summer. Um, she's touring now, and uh, she's coming through, I know, New York in, in a couple of weeks. We'll be there. Um, she, she's definitely touring into NFL buildings through the fall. And, look, to the, best we, to the best of our ability, we'll always try to accommodate. We know these stadiums have other needs, and whether it's, you know, rock concerts or truck and tractor pulls or Battle of the Bands or – high school football games. We always do what we can to accommodate those block requests from our clubs. We know it's important to the community, um, but it does wreak some havoc with us. And every now and then you find a team that, you know, you got your three game road trip and the team says, why us? Well, if two of those three weeks, the stadium wasn't available stands to reason that the odds of catching a three game road trip right there kind of go up. And if you have to open the season with two straight road games, nobody's volunteering for that. But, you know, if you happen to be away the first two weeks and one of those weeks the stadium's not available, those are the kind of things that happen. So uh, everybody's got to make their right decisions relative to, you know, revenue and competitive fairness. We do the same, but uh, we we managed to avoid literally almost all of those concert blocks, almost all of our stadium blocks, uh, and a credit to our teams working around them. Uh, It's never easy. Mike, you hate giving teams three-game road trips. How many of those do you have this year? You know what? It's funny you say that. I'm hating it less and less. <laughs> uh, we've been talking with our own analytics team. We got a couple of guys, incredibly smart guys in our shop, 
uh, Mike Lopez and Tom Bliss, who have done a- an awful lot of work with, you know, what really is unfair to a team? Is it two away to start? Is it two away to finish? Is it a three-game road trip? Like we talked about with the Giants, they've got a three-game road trip, but the third game of the three, probably the easiest, quote-unquote, of the three games. So is a three-game road trip really that unfair? And so we worked with our analytics team, and they really kind of worked with us to try to figure out, was it playing a team coming off their bye? Was it playing a team where you're coming off the Monday night prior? Is it playing in Florida in the heat in September? Is it playing in Lambeau in December in the snow? Like, what's the worst thing you could do statistically to a team? And you know what they came back with, Peter? They told us the worst thing you can do to a team is have them play the Kansas City Chiefs. (laughs) That one I'm not sure we can do anything about. But this notion of a three-game road trip, you know, a three-game road trip is so unfair not really sure that's true anymore. It's who you play, not where. And our clubs, we've looked at this over the last X many years, you know, that three-game road trip, it's not like teams only win a third or a fifth of those games. I think they win more than half of them. So I'm not sure a three-game road trip really is as onerous as we've been thinking it's been, you know, all the way back since the days of pinchback. Okay, lightning round now. The last three items, just, you know, two sentences if you can. Ani Bose, when did the last winning schedule emerge out of your computer and how many schedules i know you run thousands of schedules you have any idea how how many you ran this year and when did the winning one appear i think the uh, number of completed schedules we said was something like 112,000 completed schedules and of those you know the number we always talk about how many did we do a deep dive run through our analyzer everything else and that was about 450 um, you know, we on the scheduling team like to joke that Mike would let the computers run forever because there's always a better schedule out there. You're still so running. We're always gonna, yeah, <laughs> we're always gonna kind Too late of, now, Mike. <laughs> yeah, we're always gonna look for that best optimal schedule. Peter, I think you reported uh, earlier that we met with the commissioner on Monday morning, Sunday night, probably till about 10 30, 11 o'clock at night. We had a couple of contender schedules. They probably popped into our radar on Saturday, early Sunday morning. And we we gave them, they were both excellent schedules. We've been proud to play both of them, but we gave them a thorough analysis, really debated a bunch of things. And probably 10, 30, 11 o'clock said Sunday night, all right, we're going to meet with the commissioner two o'clock on Monday. This is, this is the one we're going to recommend. So when did the one you recommended get spit out of the computer? I think that was spit about? out. We showed a version of it to the commissioner on Thursday um, and there were a couple of things he was looking for us to tweak. The interesting thing, this is a funny story. One of the interesting things that he was looking for us to tweak was we sort of had a run through the middle of the season on the Monday night football schedule where the they started super strong. You know, we talked about Jets, Bills, a couple other really good games, Seattle Giants. ESPN got out of the gate really strong and they finished really strong. We really liked the back end of the Monday night football schedule. Got a little thin in the middle. There were a couple of, you know, arguably questionable games through the middle. And the commissioner kind of challenged us on Thursday, you know, can you break that up, but keep most of what makes this schedule so good. One of the ways we ended up breaking it up was we moved the Super Bowl rematch, the Eagles Chiefs game into the middle of the season. It's in week 11 and it's on Monday night football. And that game's just too big you know, for ESPN only. So we went back to our friends at Disney. They have an opportunity a few times a year to simulcast a game, put it on ESPN and ABC. And you got to figure a Super Bowl rematch like Philly KC 
really kind of anchoring the middle of the Monday night football schedule, it, it deserved a simulcast. It deserved to be on both platforms. So before the commissioner officially approved this one, uh, we went back to our friends at Disney and, and we made sure that they could move that simulcast into week 11. We had originally had it scheduled for later in the year. So I'm not sure what their primetime show is. Maybe it's The Bachelor or The Bachelorette or, or something, but uh, they're going to have to take a break for a Monday night game there for us to show the country the Super Bowl. So right originally, now. Mike, tell me what week, you don't have to tell me which network, but what week was Kansas City, Philadelphia going to be played? Yeah, talk about a five-tool player. That one showed up everywhere this year. It really did. And like Ani said, on the two finalist schedules that we really did beat the heck out of on Sunday night for about five hours on a Zoom with the whole team, uh, one of them had it on ESPN and, and one of them had it I think it was in week 14 or week 15, but it, but it wasn't on ESPN. It was still in a great window. It was too big a game not to have on national television. But to the extent that maybe the one flaw on our you know leader in the clubhouse when we met with the commissioner on Thursday was that run through the middle of the ESPN schedule, kind of breaking it up and anchoring it with a Super Bowl rematch, knowing we could get it simulcast, really kind of pushed this schedule over the edge. And it survived a really good challenge on Sunday night, but uh, happy to recommend it to the commissioner and, and glad he approved it. I mean, I know I've kept you guys way too long and longer than no, I we said, could go but, all night. Okay, but two other quick questions. Number one, what really interests me is that you know what we've heard out of the league office, out of Brian Rollup, out of Roger Goodell, out of everyone in the league office. Streaming is the future, and when I looked at this schedule originally. You know, just before we got on this podcast, I just said they put their games where their mouth is. Okay, because week one, or I'm sorry, week two, because obviously Amazon starts in week two on Thursday night. Minnesota, Philadelphia, week three, Giants, San Francisco. Your first two games are four returning playoff teams. Then the next game, Detroit Green Bay. Who doesn't want to see Jordan Love? And honestly, the Lions are a hot team. And then after that, you've got among them Denver and Kansas City. And you've got Pittsburgh a couple of times. And so I think one of the things that you guys must have done is said, listen, we're going to do everything possible to make this Thursday night schedule. You know, and even though it used to be on Fox and even though it used to be on NBC and all this other, you know, it was a vaunted schedule. I think this is the best Thursday night schedule there ever was. Good. I hope our friends at Amazon agree. <laughs> Look, don't forget last year, we had this same conversation, right? We all thought the Thursday night football schedule last year was the best schedule we've ever played. Maybe it didn't work out as well as we all had hoped. There were a couple of bad breaks, whether it was a Denver game here or, you know, an, another game somewhere else. But um, look, you, you you said it right. There's a commitment in this league uh, to the streaming partners and to Thursday Night Football as a product. Uh, it's why the league allowed for the multiple short week appearances for the teams. Um, and it's why we're expanding our footprint, having this Peacock game like we talked about. Uh, this is, this is, going to be something that the league is committed to and the success of those streaming partners is a priority for us honey Bose, last question one final piece to the puzzle that clinched it 
What was the last major decision that had to be made that made this schedule fixed and and final? You know, I don't know. It's not a singular decision, but it's it's the mix that we talked about, right? Kind of seeing, you know, you hit it on the head with the Thursday night schedule and that sequence of games at the start and a strong start, but also the comfort level that we were delivering to all of our partners. You hit on it earlier. Dallas Giants in week one, huge. Aaron Rodgers' first game on, on Monday Night Football, huge. But a couple that I'll point to that I really like and, and may not get quite as much attention, but the two championship game rematches. Cincinnati, Kansas City, really important to CBS. You know, Joe Burrow versus Mahomes. They played four times. Burrow's three and one, all three decided by three points. It was important to put that game for CBS to get it on there. We liked the schedule because it had it. We also liked it because it fell in week 17. Everything points to New Year's Eve, and that game could be for the first round, the the the, the overall number one and the bye. We love that. And then the other one that's kind of come into the spotlight just because of the kind of chirping between the players that even came back up 49ers against the Eagles. Same thing. Just that there's an intensity to that game falling on Fox, you know, late in the season, week 13, those two pieces are subtle, but that was part of the mix that we all looked at. And we're like, we really like where those fell and that, that helped push this schedule over the top. You know, what's strange. One of the best games on the schedule. One of the games that if you said to me, Give me five games that you definitely want to go to this year. One of them's in Frankfurt, <laughs> Kansas City, Miami. Like if that game was there, I, I still might go. Yeah, I can Kansas get you Kansas City against <laughs> Miami in Arrowhead with Tyreek Hill going home or you know going back to Kansas City would have been great. And the fact that Patrick Mahomes just like. I went to the game in Munich last year and I just, it was an, just an awesome experience. It really was. You should and, probably go and stay and touch them both, Peter. Yeah. Re- <laughs> I, I'm well, I don't I'll think talk I'll to your do wife. That, it's okay. I'll talk to her. There's a chance that, that you created a game on the schedule. That's going to make me go to Frankfurt, Germany in, in, in November, but that might be, and again, look, I, I realize we're prisoners of the moment. Kansas City, Miami might be the best Europe game you guys ever scheduled. And that's coming off a year where last year we had Green Bay Giants and, you know, a game that maybe we didn't know, but turned into Seattle, Tampa Bay and Munich yeah. that, that a lot at the time. And look, we love that. We love that the depth of the Kansas City home schedule let us schedule some, you know, Philadelphia, Cincinnati, and Buffalo in great primetime and doubleheader windows. And yet you can still get to Miami playing the Chiefs in Germany, 930 in the morning on NFL Network. That's a great thing for us. You know, it's funny. I, we, I don't know that I personally did. You know, the Tyreek Hill story is an amazing story. And a lot of people are, I saw kind of, hey, you're not playing that at Arrowhead and this and that. It's a it's a it's a win for the league and our international team and what we're trying to accomplish that a game of that caliber can go over there and and still not compromise everything else we want to do around the chief schedule and the broader schedule. Hey, look, at some point, you know, you, Kansas City had one of the great home schedules of any defending Super Bowl champion. So, I mean, you can't put all of them in Arrowhead Stadium in prime time. You got to move a couple of them, and 
And I really, I really kind of like that one. And, you know, I think the one other thought I just had, and I'll let you go after this. I just think Detroit, I have no idea. That game could be 28 to three at halftime. I don't know. But Detroit is just sneaky, dangerous. Just frisky enough, right? They really are. They won eight of their last 10 last year. They whacked the Packers in Rogers' last game at Lambeau. It just, I just, I'm not saying Detroit's going to win that game. And it might be 28-3 at half. But that is going to be a game that could really be a fascinating game in the fourth quarter. But anyway. Coach will have them ready. Yeah. Hey, listen, guys, thanks so much for taking all the time. And I'm sorry I took so long with you. And I appreciate you explaining everything. Pleasure as always, Peter. Good seeing you. Enjoy your vacation. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.